Welcome to Talking Friars. I'm your host, Ralph Shockey. Not joining me tonight is my co-host, Richard Scott. Richard Scott has got some Congress things to do, so he won't be joining me tonight. Unfortunately, uh, you guys are stuck with me. Apologies about that, as Rich couldn't make the show, obviously, tonight, but it's all good. He's going to figure out and handle his Congress stuff. Uh, he's very involved in that. I said, no problems, no worries. I will happily do it solo. We're doing it solo tonight. It's Talking Friars. It's episode 29. What do we got on deck tonight? Well, we've got three things. We've got the Creighton recap. We've got the Butler recap. And the St. John's preview tonight before tomorrow night's game. Which is on, by the way. Here at Providence College, luckily enough, we have a snow day tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. I've got some things i got to do before the game. But I'll be at tomorrow night's game. If you want to see me, if you want to say what's up, feel free to DM our Instagram account at Talkin' Friars, T-A-L-K-I-N-F-R-I-A-R-S. Drop us a follow, give us some likes, share it with your friends, share it with your family. Um, you know, we greatly appreciate any support. Um, you know, welcome to any feedback, support, tips, tricks. If you want to be on the show, just DM us, let us know. Uh, welcome to all listeners. Um, anyone who wants to be on the show, really would love to have you on. Um, that's one thing Rich and I are going, looking to do. We're trying to have more guests on the show this year. It's our second year. We're trying to st- take that step up. Um, it was a good year one. Now we're trying to evolve and adapt, trying to have more guests on the show, some mailbag episodes. We're trying to plan all, all those things off the air. So we'll get back to you when the time comes um, about those matters. But we're not here for that tonight. Um, we're here for three things, as I just mentioned. The Creighton recap, the Butler recap, and the St. John's preview for tomorrow night's game at 7 o'clock at the Amica, Amica Mutual Pavilion. Excuse me. Um, but, yeah, that's what we got in store tonight. Um, I'm going to try to record for 30 to 45 minutes. I would not be surprised if I went over the 45-minute mark. Uh, that's something Rich and I are also trying to do, too. We've talked about it off air, how we were trying to um, have shorter episodes Um, but you know, the problem with that is when you don't record more than once a week, you have to cover two to three games in an episode and those episodes are longer than 30 to 45 minutes. So that's something we're also working on. We're trying to make improvements there all around. We're just trying to get better again. Um, just very open to all the support and help we can get, uh, Rich and I love to do this. It's one of our favorite things in the world to do. I certainly love it and I certainly love doing it solo too. Um, so that's that. Um, you know, I'm going to try to keep this relatively short, 30 to 45 minutes, although don't be surprised if it gets over that 45-minute mark. All right, enough yapping, enough talking. It's already been three and a half minutes. Let's get into the show. Let's get into the games, and let's get in, into the content. All right, we're going to start with the Creighton game here. Providence beat number 19th ranked Creighton Blue Jays at home, 91-87. to Creighton was up 33-31 at halftime, and then Providence outscored Creighton 47-45 in the second half to send the game into overtime. And in overtime, Providence outscored Creighton 13-9 to get the 91-87 victory. Um, This game was on February 7th, which was, when was that? That was was last Wednesday, so about nearly a week. Um, Providence covered the spread of Providence plus two and a half. Um, believe the over under hit it was one forty two and a half. Let's just do some quick math. Ninety one plus eighty seven here in my laptop. One seventy eight. Oh yeah, that that hit by a lot. So, if you're a betting man or woman and you had the Providence line and the over in the game, you are one happy camper. But Providence won this game, and we're gonna talk about it right now. Um, I have I have five big takeaways from this game. And let's first start with Josh Odoro completely outplaying Ryan Kalkbrenner. Um, going into the season, a lot of folks had their doubts and questions about Odoro's transition from the Atlanta, Atlantic 10 to the Big East. A lot of people doubted his ability to compete with the top three centers in the conference and Ryan Kalkbrenner, um, Donovan Klingon, and Joel Soriano. Um, I put Oso Agudoro from Marquette at four. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people doubted his ability. Um, the A-10 from the Big East was not only a big step up for him, but also Kim English as well, obviously. But, you know, plain and simple. I mean, Josh Rodora completely outplayed Ryan Kalkbrenner. Um, in this game, 
Oduro played 39 minutes. He went 12 of 24 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3. He was 7 of 8 from the free throw line. Five offensive rebounds, seven defensive rebounds, 12 rebounds in total. Three assists, one steal, one block, two turnovers, one foul, and 32 points. There's not much more you can ask out of that performance besides maybe, you know, one less foul and two less turnovers. Besides that, Oduro played a spectacular game and nearly played the whole game with 39 minutes. I mean, he completely outplayed Ryan Kalkbrenner, and I was wrong. I was wrong, folks, and I'm going to admit that. I was wrong. Right hand up, right here. I was wrong. I thought Ryan Kalkbrenner was going to handle Josh Oduro. You know, I thought going into the matchup, Oduro's only got one move to his right hand. Ryan Kalkbrenner's going to know that. He's going to watch film. He's a smart kid. He's going to know that. You know, there's no question and no surprise that he is a two-time Big East Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, he's a statue at 7'2". I believe he's 7'2". He might be 7'1", but, you know, at the very least, he's 7'0". Two-time Big East Defensive Player of the Year. And I had my doubts. I had my doubts. Right hand up. I had my doubts. I did not think Josh Ardura was going to have this performance, and frankly, I was not... I did not believe that Josh Odoro could have this kind of performance, and he proved everyone wrong. And that's just kind of what he's been doing all season. You know, I thought he only had that one move, and that Kalkbrenner was going to know it, and he would force him to his left, and it would get shut down immediately, and he wouldn't be able to be effective and successful going up against Kalkbrenner, and I was wrong. And a lot of people were wrong, but, you know, Whenever you are wrong about something, it's always better that someone proved you wrong. It's always better that someone proved you wrong. And that was the case Wednesday night. Josh Odura proved me wrong, frankly. And Josh Odura this season has exceeded expectations for, I would say, all expectations that Friar folks have had for him. You know, when he transferred over here from George Mason, you know, you knew he was going to be the starting center, but you didn't know what you were really getting. You kind of just had to trust Kim when he came over from George Mason. You know, he's a scheme fit. He's a Kim guy. He's got experience. You know, Adora's 24 years old. He, uh, he missed the Butler game, obviously, due to the birth of his first child. Congratulations to uh, Josh, his wife, and the rest of the Odoro family on the birth of their first child. But And we're going to talk about his value and his impact when we get to the Butler recap. But let's stick to Creighton here. And he completely outplayed Ryan Kalkbrenner. I mean, you know, he had 32, 32 points, 3 assists, 12 rebounds, 39 minutes, 12 of 20, 24 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3, 7 and 8 from the free throw line. I mean, you can, make an, you can even make an argument that he's our best free throw shooter, honestly. I think it's down to him and Pierre. And you look at Kalkbrenner's line, 42 minutes, 5 of 10 from the field, 0 of 1 from 3, 2 of 2 from the line, 2 offensive rebounds, 3 defensive rebounds, 5 rebounds in total, 7 assists, 0 steals, 3 blocks, 2 turnovers, 2 fouls, 12 points. It was a one-sided affair, folks. Josh Odoro single-handedly won the battle. And you got to be nothing but happy and proud of this guy. You know, he's a veteran, he's savvy. And he is not as physically dominant as the top three big, uh, big men centers in the Big East and Kalkbrenner, Soriano, and Klingon. That is not, that's not in order, by the way. That's just, you know, the top three in my opinion. You know, you can make an argument. You know, you can put anywhere, any one of those three, three at one, anywhere there's three at three. You can interchange that order however you may like, however you may want. But, you know, Odoro's not in that conversation. He's not in the top three. But he outplayed arguably the best center in the Big East when the Big East is known for their centers and put on an absolute show and an absolute master class. You know, if, if, if someone went in that game and you told them one of the centers is the best center in the Big East, they would say Josh Odoro, and it wouldn't even be close, folks. Would not even be close. This contest between Ron Kalkbrenner and Josh Odoro was not even close. Start to finish was not close. And, you know, Kalkbrenner is obviously a better defensive player. But Odoro, and Odoro is a better offensive player. 
but Odoro was arguably almost better on defense than he was on offense, and I know he scored the 32 points. He only limited Kalkbrenner to 12. And that Creighton offense runs through Kalkbrenner. That runs through Kalkbrenner. That's why all their weapons are able to get open. They're able to have so much spacing because it runs through Kalkbrenner, folks. It runs through them. It runs through their big man. And Josh Odoro just put on an absolute clinic, a show, a master class. Couldn't have asked anything more from his performance. Just an overall great game. And, you know, his best game of the season, hands down. His best game of the season. And, you know, on this show, Rich and I have talked about, you know, ever since Bryce going down, it being the Odoro and Carter show. And, you know, that that was the case. You know, Carter had 28. We're going to talk about him in a moment. We'll get there in a moment. But, you know, this was Josh Odoro's best game of the season. If he can be doing this against Kalkbrenner, and if Carter can keep doing his thing, and as long as he doesn't get gassed, gassed, excuse me, and we can have other role players like Rich Barron, Jaden Pierre, Ticket Gaines, Garway Duall, Corey Fuller Jr. step up, this problem's team can make some noise, folks. This team can make some noise. But it is about consistency. You know, it's no surprise, no coincidence. Top two players, top two players on this team this season have been consistent game in, game out. Devin Carter and Josh Adoro. It's simple. It's simple. And you got to not only be consistent in your roster, top to bottom, starters and role players, but you also got to be consistent with winning at home and on the road. And we're going to talk about it when it comes to Butler. You know, this team still has not proved that it it can consistently win on the road. And that is an issue when the Big East tournament is at Madison Square Garden. And if we are even lucky enough to make the tournament and get into the tournament in March, when all the tournament games are at a neutral site. The Providence College Friars will not be playing at the Mika Mutual Pavilion if we're lucky enough to make March Madness. Let's just realize that now if we make the tournament. That's Josh Rodoro. Let's talk about the second best player on this team. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. not second best. Excuse me there. Got a little ahead of myself after talking about Rodoro for the first first, uh, part of the show here. Let's talk about the best player on this Providence Friars team. And that's Devin Carter. And Devin Carter was doing Devin Carter things. Carter. 42 minutes, 10 of 19 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3, 3 or 4 from the, uh, the free throw line, 1 offensive rebound, 10 defensive rebounds, 11 rebounds in total, 6 assists, 4 steals, 1 block, 2 turnovers, 1 personal foul, and 28 points. I mean, are you surprised? Are you shocked? I mean, at this point, this is what we expect from Devin Carter on an every-night basis. On an every-game, every-night basis, this is what you expect from Devin Carter and the best player on your team. You expect performances like this, plain and simple. This is, this is how he has been playing all season, and he has been the most consistent player on this team. And it is not a surprise that he is the best player on this team ever since Bryce went down. And don't you worry, I'm going to talk about that, th- that three-pointer he shot from the nose of the Friar to help PC win this game. That was a deep shot. That was a deep, deep shot. That was a Steph Curry range shot that he drained from nearly the half-court logo, at the very least the nose of the Friar and the Providence logo at half-court to get this game into overtime with about 30 seconds left. That was amazing. I am so glad that I was there to witness it, to see it in person. I was sitting behind the basket in one of the front rows in the student section. I did not know how deep he was when the ball was released. You know, if I was sitting uh, horizontally, I would have known. It would have been a better view. I knew it was deep. I didn't know it was that deep, though, until I saw the replay after the game. I mean, just wow. Just wow. I mean, what else can you ask from him? Like, you know, whenever... Whenever this team needs a big basket, a big moment, something to go their way, whether it be on the defensive side of the ball or the offensive side of the ball, Devin Carter puts on the Superman cape 
and saves and carries this team. That's the truth, folks. I mean, whenever you need a big moment, a big shot, no matter how far the shot is, no matter how deep it is, no matter where it is, that ball is going in 22's hands, hands, and 22 is going to make that play, and he's going to make that shot. And when you need those bad out-of-hell plays on the defensive side of the ball, he at least makes one of those a game. You know, Rich and I like to call Devin Carter the bad out-of-hell, and we like to make the comparison between him and Hopkins, Batman and Robin. You know, Carter has been... Carter's been Batman this whole season. He's been a villain for a lot of teams that we've played, and he's going to continue to play that villain role. And, you know, just just cherish what we have in Devin Carter these last, you know, the rest of the season. Just cherish what we have as the lights just went out of me on Smith Hall. Oh, there we go. We're good. Just cherish what we have. Cherish what we have because he's a special player. You know, he's making a case to be an all-time Friar great, all-time Friar legend. You know, I think that by the end of the season, you know, if we're able to win a game or two in the tournament, he has solidified him himself as one of the all-time Friar greats. And I just don't want to take him for granted. You know, Josh O'Dora and Devin Carter, two biggest reasons why we won this game. To nobody's surprise. Crazy, hostile environment, the pink out game. You know, happy uh, early Valentine's Day to those celebrating, by the way. Got to throw that out there. Got to make sure I get that in there. But, man, I mean, just, just cherish him, man. Just just cherish him because he's a special player, special guy, great person. Um, and just cherish him, man, because, you know, there's only one Devin Carter, and he is, he is certainly making the case to be an all-time friar, all-time friar legend, all-time friar great. And he's making a case to be – first-round pick in the NBA draft, whether that be the lottery, middle of the first round, late first round. You know, he's not coming back, folks. That's just the unfortunate reality. You know, he cannot come back. It would be stupid for him to come back after this season when, you know, this is the best basketball season of his career. He's playing lights out, out of his mind. And, you know, he's single-handedly, him and Oduro, carrying this province team to wins. You know, his value has never been higher than right now. Why would he come back to PC? Especially if he's going to get drafted in the first round. That's millions of dollars, folks. That's millions of dollars, people. Why would he turn that down? At the end of the day, it's a business. And by at the end of the season, I'd be shocked if Devin Carter returns to PC. That man is going to declare for the NBA draft and get drafted in the NBA draft. Whether it be the first round or the second round, he will be drafted somewhere. He will be drafted somewhere. So... Cherish Devin Carter while he's here for the rest of the season. Just cherish him, man. He's special. And that 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 three is just another moment, another special moment, another great moment in Devin Carter's magical, spectacular season as a province friar. So just cherish him. Just cherish him. All right, I'm going to take a sip of water real quick. All right, let's talk about another player in this game. That's Corey Floyd Jr. Last season, Corey Floyd Jr. exceeded expectations. And he exceeded expectations because he was a role player coming off the bench and he provided valuable minutes for us. And now, throughout the majority of the season... His number has been called to be a starter up until these last few games where he's been substituted by Rich Barron, who has been playing better basketball than him the majority of the season. And now he's back in the six-man role, seven-man role, whatever it may be. And going into the season, you know, we had RC, Ryan Carroll on, uh, one of our best friends of the show, um, you know, Knows Friars basketball in and out. Knows the Big East in and out. One of my best friends. One of my closest friends here at PC. And we were making predictions. Preseason predictions, that is. You know, player predictions, whatever. And RC said it's the season of Corey Floyd Jr. And I said, okay, I'm in. I believe that. I believe that. I believe he's going to take a step up. You know, he was so good in his role as a bench player coming off the bench. Provided valuable minutes. Was effective. 
you know, he's going to get the opportunity to start this season, you know, another year under his belt. Yeah, I believe that too. I believe that too. I really do. I really do. And this season, it's been the opposite. When he has been a starter, he has not been as effective and he has not been as valuable. You know, he just plain and simply has not shot the basketball well because, you know, it's very he 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 tries a lot. He does try a lot. He gives a lot of effort. It is very noticeable his difference, you know, his play on the court, excuse me, when he goes for rebounds, um, you know, the winning plays, the extra effort plays, you know, he's he's almost the first guy there every time. And he's an un- unselfish player. He's a team player. You know, he's he's more of a pass-first, shoot-second kind of player. Um, you know, in Kim English's offense, he says, you know, if the shot's there first, shoot it. Um, but, you know, he's a very self selfless player. And there's a big difference there between being selfless and, uh, and being selfish. Corey Floyd Jr. is certainly not, not selfish. But, you know... Just again, he has not lived up to the call, the hype, the predictions, the expectations until this game. And when I'm going to read this line off to you, it is not going to jump off the page by any means. You know, but he was effective and he was valuable. And the biggest thing I take away is that, well, we'll talk about this in a moment when we get to the Butler game, is you know, he's got his confidence back. Corey Floyd Jr. off the bench, 37 minutes, 4 of 13 from the field. Don't love that. 2 of 6 from the 3. Don't love that. Ovo from the free throw line, 1 offensive rebounds, 2 defensive rebounds, 3 rebounds in total, 1 assist, no steals, no blocks, 1 turnover, 1 foul, 10 points. I said it wasn't going to drop off the screen. It does not drop, jump off the screen. It doesn't jump off whatever device you may be using to listen to this podcast episode right now. And we thank you for that. We thank you for that very much. But, you know, between his baskets and points and buckets Wednesday night, they were very timely. You know, I remember that one corner three he had. You know, it was very, very timely basket, and it kept us in the game. And the biggest takeaway I took from Corey was he officially has his confidence back. And, you know, I would say the best three players on this team right now are Devin Carter, Josh Adore, Jaden Pierre. If Corey Floyd the rest of the season with this confidence back, regain confidence back, can be that X factor and be that fourth guy for this province team, that's kind of a scary thought. You know, if you can consistently, you know, Kim's got a difficult decision because Rich Barron has been playing better than Corey Floyd the majority of the season. But Corey Floyd Jr. has got the hot hand right now. It'll be interesting to see who starts tomorrow night between them two. But, you know, if you can have a big three of Carter, Odoro, Pierre, and then have Corey Floyd Jr. be that X factor, I think you're in really good hands. I think you're in really good hands. I think that's a really good, really good top four. I think that's a really good top four. So very glad to see Corey Floyd Jr. has his confidence back. All right, let's talk about the home court. I know we won. I know we won in overtime. I know it was a great game. I know we beat the 19th-ranked Creighton Blue Jays. A very good team. A great team, actually. A team that's third in the Big East Conference right now. But the home court just continues to serve as a saving grace for this team. Whenever this team plays a home game, you expect them to win, and this was no different. And that's regardless of opponent. You still expect them to win. Home losses at the Amica Mutual Pavilion? Rare for this team. Rarely ever happens. But when you need a win and you're at home, you're usually going to get it. And this was the case Wednesday night against Creighton, 19th ranked Creighton. And going to the game, I predicted Creighton to win. I was wrong, right hand up. I thought Kalkbrenner was going to outplay Odoro. I thought Creighton's weapons, you know, Ashworth, Alexander, Shireman, I thought they were going to outplay our, our three of, you know, Odoro, Carter, Pierre. And, you know, 
that that I mean that was the the case. I mean, you know, somewhat. I mean, their their big three had more points than our big three, but I, I thought Creighton was going to win this game. You know, coming off coming off a Villanova loss, I was like, you know, Dolphins has got to change. There needs change. There needs to be more sets. There needs to be more plays. I don't know how much you can change in that three, four-day window. But the offense did look better. There's more more motion, more ball movement, more uh, you know pick-and-roll movement. It just looked like there was more of an identity, which I like to see. Yeah, that was a good coaching adjustment by Coach English and the rest of the coaching staff. But, you know, the home court continues to be a saving grace for this team, and that is not a bad thing at all. I'm not trying to downput that. But, you know, you cannot – you cannot take these home wins to overvalue this province Friars team. You know, even when they do beat ranked opponents at home, you cannot take it and over overvalue and overrank the Friars because they haven't proved that they can consistently win on the road too. And that's what makes great teams. I mean, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs last night, Super Bowl champions back to back. One on the road in Buffalo, one on the road in Baltimore. You know, one on a neutral site in Las Vegas. I'm not trying to say the Providence Friars are the Kansas City Chiefs because they're certainly not. And I know they're two different sports, but great teams win at home, handle business at home, and they they win it on the road as well, and they do it consistently. So, you know, I'm very happy about the home win, very happy about the Creighton win, obviously. You know, it was a must-win game coming off that no performance. We're not going to talk about that any longer. But it just con- home court continues to serve as a saving grace. It's great, it's great, it's great. I know it's great. It's a great resource. It's great to have. But you just you cannot take the home wins out of context and overvalue the Friars team because, you know, the lack of depth has been a concern. Not being able to consistently win on the road has been a concern. And, you know, let's be happy about all the road wins. Let's definitely be happy about it. But just don't take it out of context and don't overvalue it because this team has also got to win on the road too. Um, all right. Um, let's just talk about Creighton's victory. Creighton's victory, you know, I, you know, uh, Creighton's victory. Let's talk about it. Who were Creighton's best three players from this game? You had Baylor Shireman playing 45 minutes, 11 of 19 from the field, 4 of 10 from three, 1 of 2 from the free throw line, 12 rebounds, 1 steal, Four turnovers, three fouls, 27 points. Trey Alexander, 45 minutes, 7 to 16 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 2 of 2 from the line, um, 4 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 2 turnovers, 2 fouls, 18 points. And then you had Stephen Ashworth, 30 minutes, 6 of 11 from the field, 6 of 7 from 3 point, 2 of 2 from the line, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal. Three turnovers, four fouls, 20, 20 points. That Creighton big three, man. They're weapons. You know, I mean, I, I would include Corcoran in the top three, too, but, you know, he didn't have the best game, obviously, because of Durham, we talked about that. But, you know, they're weapons, man. They're weapons. Ashworth, 20. Shireman, 27. Alexander, 18. That's a big three, man. That's a three-headed monster. And if, you know, if Corcoran's on and replaces one of those guys, that's a three-headed monster, man. That is a three-headed monster. And... You know, I I was going to the game, I was worried. I was like, Kalkbrenner's going to outplay Oduro. Creighton's big three is going to outplay our big three. They got more weapons than us. They got a better offense. They create more spacing. They got better shot selection. You know, in the second half, they were just getting nearly everything from beyond the arc and really from the field. I mean, they scored 47 points, uh, no, 45 points in the second half. I mean, they were virtually getting everything, but, you know, Carter and Carter and Odero saved the day, and our defense stepped up when it mattered most. You know, late in that game, we had crucial defensive stops. You know, I believe multiple steals, multiple turnovers. You know, even when Creighton's big three was shooting the lights out of the ball, the defense stepped up, man. The defense stepped up, got stops when it needed the most. You know, got the got the turnovers, got the stops. 
you know, limited hell with Creighton's big three, even though when they were shooting the lights out of the ball, they rose to the occasion and were able to get the win. So, you know, Creighton's big three went off, and but we were still able to win the game. And I know that was at home, but that still says a lot. That still says a lot of, you know, what this team is capable of when it plays at home. When it plays at home, and you know, I, I again, I, I'm, I'll close. I'm gonna close this part of the show out right here. You know, I was wrong. I was wrong about Arduro. Had the best game of his college career, certainly PC career. Completely outplayed, outclassed, outperformed. Put on the clinic versus Ryan Kalkbrenner. and then Creighton's big three of the night. You know, Shireman, Alexander, Ashworth outplayed our big three, but we were still able to win because of our defense and free throw shooting, and you know, right hand. Up, I was completely wrong about this game, but you know I'm certainly glad and happy that this team proved me wrong. It did prove me wrong, and there's nothing I could feel besides, you know, hope and confidence and maybe a little bit of faith too. But you know, right end up, I was wrong, and you know I'm very happy that I was wrong with those results. So with that, we'll move we'll move to the to the Butler game. We're about 30, 31 minutes in here, thirty two minutes. We're gonna shift to the Butler game. Yeah, this is probably gonna go over an hour, but I'm gonna uh, I'll try to keep it to an hour. But I'm um, just gonna take a sip of water real quick, and then we'll get to the Butler game in a moment. All right. Let's talk about Butler. The Butler Bulldogs defeated the Providence Friars 75-72. Providence outscored, uh, Butler outscored Providence 34-25 in the first half. And then Providence outscored Butler 47-41 in the second half. Um, this game was, what was it, Saturday, right? Um, it was Saturday, February 10th. Butler was a minus five and a half point spread. You know, if you bet PC plus five and a half, you covered. Over under is one forty six and a half. Um, in the overhead as well, you know, seventy five plus seventy two is one forty seven. Yeah, that 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 barely hit. Yeah, that overhead. If you're a betting man or woman and you bet those two bets, you're a happy camper. But let's talk about this game. And the first thing I want to talk about is this team completely beat themselves. This team had the game in the bag late. This team hit 10 or more three-pointers. Corey Floyd Jr. had a legacy game. There was a graphic they showed on the screen. It said the Providence Friars are 6-0 when they hit 10 or more threes in the game this season. This team hit 10 or more threes in the game versus Butler and lost the game. This team completely beat themselves on the road. Would have been a quality, you know, most likely quad two win for the Friars on the road. And this team just completely beat itself, man. Completely beat itself. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I know everyone wants to talk about the Corey Floyd Jr. no foul call when he was going up for the slam dunk. But, you know, why is that ball not in Carter's hands? And why is Corey going for the dunk? Going for the dunk only expands and stretches your right arm to get, you know, fouled and slashed. And, you know, don't, don't, just maybe don't try to be fancy there when you're trying to go for the win. Like, I get it. I get it. I, folks, folks, I get it. Did he get fouled? Yes. But when you're playing in the Big East Conference, man, and it's, it's a street fight, the refs are going to swallow their whistles and put it in their pocket. Yeah, I mean, you knew they were. It's the Big East Conference, folks. It's the Big East Conference. You knew that was going to happen. And that is blaming this game on the Corey Floyd Jr. no-foul call is the easy way out of this game and an easy explanation as to why the Providence Friars lost to the Butler Bulldogs 75-72 on Saturday. It's easy explanation. It's easy way out. It's 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 the casual fan take. It is. It really is, because everyone just wants to blame the game on the refs, and everyone just wants to blame it on that last play of the game because it was the last play of the game, and they either didn't watch it from start to finish, or just saw that moment, or 
you know, whatever it may be. It's just it's 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 the easy way to explain and express why we lost when it actually wasn't the reason why we lost. It's just the easy way out. You know, the refs sold, the refs bailed Butler out, should have been a foul, Corey Floyd Jr. got fouled, blah 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 blah. You know, it's the easy way out. It's just an easy excuse and explanation used by the casual fans. But we're not casual fans on this podcast, folks. We're not casual fans. And the real reason why we lost the game Saturday to Butler was because, or is because, there were no field goals and only one singular point in the last four minutes and one second of the game. One point. One singular point in the last four minutes of the game. No field goals. No field goals at all. Not even by Corey Floyd Jr. who had 20 points in a legacy game. No points in the last four minutes. No points at all. None. Zero. Last four minutes. That is unacceptable. You cannot win a Big East game, especially on the road in a hostile environment. That is the Hinkle Fieldhouse when you do not score a point in the last four minutes of the game. And that's just a fact. And anyone, anyone would agree with that take. You cannot win a Big East game when you do not score a singular point in the last four minutes of the game. That's just the reality, folks. That is just the reality. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen, won't ever happen. So do not blame this game on the missed call from the refs on that Corey Floyd Jr. dunk attempt to win the game. Don't blame it on them. And you want to know what also lost Providence this game? Butler finished on an 11-1 to run. We were up 71-64, and we got outscored 7-0 in the final minute and 15 seconds. That can't happen. That can't happen. You could not expect to win this game when those three things happen. You can't. You simply can't. You cannot. You just can't. Basketball is a game of run, folks. When Butler goes on the 7-0 run and continues that run, and it ends up to be an 11-1 run when we were up 71-64, and that all transpired and happened in the last four minutes. That cannot happen, folks. That cannot happen. That is unacceptable. You were not going to win a Big East game with that happening. So this team completely beat itself. No field goals. Only one point in the last four minutes. Butler finished the 11-1 run. Outscored 7-0 in the final minute and 15 seconds. We were up 71-64. Found a way to lose it. Didn't find a way to win it. You know, just couldn't close it out. Couldn't close it out. Made ten or, you made 10 or more three-point field goals. You still couldn't find a way to pull it out and win the game in the end. It's a disappointment. It's a shocker. It's a heartbreaker. It's tough. You know, Pierre was a little bit banged up which is why Garway Duval started for him. You had uh, Rich Barron starting for Corey Floyd Jr. And, you know, Joshua Dora missed this game. He missed this game because of the birth of his first child. And that's where I'll be shifting to right now. Rafael Castro had to start this game for the Providence Friars. And it was a complete mess, a complete bleep show a complete disaster class, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, for your starting center to only play 12 minutes of the game, when Oduro has played anywhere from 30 to, you know, at least 25, 25 to 40 minutes a game, for your starting center, for this game to only play 12 minutes, that's terrible. That's awful. And that is not acceptable. And it only proves the depth is still an issue. 
I think it does prove that if we had Oduro, we would have won that game. I do believe that. But, you know, you can't you you you, you can't say that say that either. It was very easy early on to see Josh Oduro's impact and value to this Providence Friars team. Because when Slim was in there, he went two four from the field. He was 0 of 2 from the free throw line. Four rebounds, one assist, one steal, no blocks, no turnovers, two fouls, four points. 12 minutes. Your starting center only played 12 minutes in this game. And whenever he was benched in the first half, I do not remember, I do not recall. You know, I, you know, I don't think, I don't believe he played a singular minute. A singular minute in the second half. And, you know, we had to go, we had to play small ball. You know, you were having ticket gains at the five. That's small ball. We had to play small ball nearly the entire game with Oduro out. And it just goes to show you, like, Josh Oduro's impact and value so much for this team. He's the glue guy. He's the guy that holds the team together. And it was just so easy to see his impact and value. And just the downgrade from Oduro to Castro is it, it's it's day it's night and day, man. It is night and day. I mean, you know, we had to play small ball nearly the entire game and. It sounds like Butler has an elite big man, but they got bigs, man. They got bigs. And we had to play small ball the entire game. I mean, thankfully, it was only a three-point game in the end, but still. You know, which is why I believe we had Oduro, you know, he scores four points. He's absolutely going to score four. That's a different game, and the Friars win that game. But, you know, it's just it, it goes to show you the impact and value that Oduro brings to this team. You could see it single-handedly very easily ever since the ball tipped off. I mean, you know, we didn't have that Odura element that we could play through and have him be our glue guy and have the offense run through him as well, through as well as through uh, Devin Carter as well. But, you know, you single-handedly saw it that I mean, just his impact and value is unmatched. I mean, there's no other big that brings more impact and value than him. And, and Castro is just certainly not Josh Odora. I mean, small ball nearly the entire game. And Castro only played 12 minutes. 12 minutes. So, you know, I know, I know Josh Odoro missed this game due to the birth of his child again. Congratulations to Josh, his, his wife, his child, and the rest of the Odoro family. But... You know, it would be even worse if he was hurt, right? You know, if he suffered an injury like Hopkins did earlier in the season. It would be even worse, you know. It, you know, if he, I mean, knock on wood here, you know. And that was not a knock at your door. Do not worry. That was just me knocking on the on the desk here in uh, Smith Hall at, you know, 945 on this Monday night before the St. John's game tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at the Amp. You know, it just goes to show you. Yeah, I mean, um, no, 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 sorry. Injury, injury, injury. You know, if it was, if Oduro was injured for a long period of time or he had a sustained injury or whatever it was or, and missed a few games, I mean, this team could be completely screwed. And, you know, thankfully he didn't miss the game because of an injury, but it just goes to show you, you know, if we lose Hopkins and Oduro in the same season, I mean, the season's over, folks. That's it. That's it because, you know, it cannot be a one-man show and one-man band, Devin Carter. You know, he, I, 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 as great as Carter is, I, I think he needs Oduro, you know, to carry us to where we really want to be. And you know, I'd say that's a, you know, at least make the NCAA tournament. So, you know, I'm glad he wasn't out because of an injury. I know it was for the for the birth of his first child. Congratulations again. But you know, just the impact and value cannot go, uh, cannot be overlooked or underlooked for that matter. Um, well, I guess both. When it comes to Josh Adoro. All right, we're at the 45-minute mark. Yeah, this looks like this is going an hour. Um, Corey Floyd Jr., legacy game, man. Legacy game. Uh, here, I'm just going to take another sip of water real quick. Corey Floyd Jr., legacy game. Let's talk about it. 
you know, we talked about in the Creighton recap part of the show, portion of the show, that Corey Floyd Jr. has regained his confidence. You know, he had 10 points, 10 timely points for the Friars. Helped us win tremendously. And now in this game versus Butler, he had the best game of his college career, much like Oduro did in the Creighton game. You know, it's like, you know, they're passing the baton, so to speak. Um, But, you know, Corey Floyd has fully got his confidence back, man. And this was a legacy game for him, the best game of his career, the best best game I've ever seen him in a Friar uniform. You know, when he's just hitting shots and hitting shots consistently, I mean, he's a damn good player. He's a real good player. He can bring a lot of value to this team as long as that shot is falling. And I'd say I'd argue he's a plus defender, and he's certainly a uh, a player who makes winning plays, a player that makes plays that go – that don't go on the box score, that you won't see on the box score. And, you know, his, his impact is not going noticed. It is not going noticed. But, you know, you know, for much of the season with CFJ, it's been, you know, what does he really do? What's kind of his, his impact, his presence? What does he actually do? And he proved that in this, in this Butler game that, you know, his impact is, is shooting the three-point ball very effectively. Um, you know, in this game, he went, he had 30 minutes, he was 6 of 15 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 5 of 8 from the free throw line, 2 offensive rebounds, 2 defensive rebounds, 4 rebounds in total, 2 assists, 1 steal, 0 blocks, 0 turnovers, only 1 foul, and 20 points. I mean, that's a clean basketball game. That's a clean basketball, man. In 30 minutes, too? That's a clean game. That's a clean game of Corey Floyd Jr., and, you know, I could not be more happy about his performance Saturday against Butler. You know, even though we lost, you know, I do think Corey Floyd Jr. has, has had his yeah, he has his confidence back, had the best game of his career with those 20 points, best I've ever seen him in a Friars uniform. You know, if we had Odoro, would have won that game. It would have been a, a big, good road win, quad two opponent. Would help you out, certainly. But, you know, his confidence is back. Corey Floyd Jr. is back. You know, if we had Odoro, we would have won that game. I I argue, and I certainly think that. And um, what was I going to say? You know, Kim's going to have to make an uh, interesting decision when it comes to tomorrow night's starting lineup. Is he going to roll with Barron, who's been better the majority of the season, or is he going to go with Hodden and Corey Floyd Jr.? It's going to be an interesting decision. If it were me, I would go with the hot hand and, and Corey Floyd Jr. But we'll see what Kim decides to do. We'll see what Kim decides to do. And before we move to the St. John's preview, I just want to quickly note Butler. Um, you know, they're, they're identity, man. They're just a physically tough team. They'll drive at you. They will They'll fight. They'll scratch. They'll crawl. They will, they will charge at you. They will drive at you. They're just a strong physical team and you know they had four starters and double figures they had they had Telfort with 11 DJ Davis with 20 you know great shooter DJ Davis Pierre Brooks with 12 just a tough physical player gets downhill very aware and they had Pasha Alexander you know funny enough coincidentally enough the uh, St. John's transfer he had 10 you know they only had 13 13 bench points, or no, six, seven, nine, 12, 13 bench points in this game. But, you know, they had four four starters finishing double figures. You know, we talk about how important that is to have as many starters and double figures on this show. And, you know, we only had one starter and double figures in Carter, and the other player in double figures with was Corey Floyd Jr. at the bench. So, you know, when you have more starters and double figures, chances are you're going to win the game, and that's exactly what happened with Butler, you know, if we had Oduro, that would be, you know, two starters and double figures and three with Corey Floyd Jr. coming off the bench. I think it would have been a different game. I think we would have won. But, you know, Butler is a tough physical team. They can shoot the ball well. And, you know, look at that, that motto, man. I mean, year two of this team is nationally relevant. It sits as, you know, the fifth best team in the Big East Conference right now with a 7-6 record, conference record. Five games back, sixteen and eight overall, nationally relevant. Only year two of the Thad Mata era too. 
I mean, put some respect on Butler's name, man. It's not an easy team to beat, not an easy team to play. Hinkle Fieldhouse, certainly not an easy place to play ever. And, you know, look at that. I mean, Seton Hall and Butler, the two surprise teams of the Big East this season. And, you know, Thad Mata is, is making a case for, you know, Big East Coach of the Year. So, you know, happy for Thad Mata, you know, happy for Butler. You know, not really happy about this result for PC, but I do think, you know, got to take the, the good with the bad. And, you know, you got to look, look at this game, glass half full. Corey Floyd Jr., confidence back. Best college game of his career. Best get best game as a friar. And, you know, if we had a door, we would have won that game, in my opinion. So, you know, three-point loss, you know, we did beat ourselves. Um, you know, the no foul call on Corey, no field goals, one point in the last four minutes. Butler finished an 11-1 run, 7-164 PC. Outscored 7-0 in final minute and 15. You know, you know what Odor brings to the table in terms of impact and value compared to Castro. Corey Floyd Jr. legacy game. And then just I wanted to just close out with Butler's identity and their four stars and double figures. But I'm going to take one more sip of water, and then we're going to try to do this St. John's preview in nine minutes. But if not, it'll go a few minutes over over uh, an hour. But I'm just going to take a sip of water real quick, and then we'll jump into the St. John's preview. All right, sorry about that. Um, just drank the, uh, the rest of water, my Yeti. Great, great Yeti product here. Um, yeah, it took me a little bit there. I had to un, un, un um, you know, can't take the top off, whatever, unscrew it. Oh, man, it, man it's late. I'm, I'm losing words at this point. 9.52 on a Monday night. Oof, but, you know, love doing this. Love the Friars. Love our listeners. You know, let's finish strong with the St. John's preview. All right, let's talk about St. John's. Providence Friars will be playing the St. John's Johnnies at the Mikio Mutual Pavilion tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. The game is still on. The game will be played for the folks listening before the game tomorrow night at 7 p.m. You know, there's snow coming in, coming into Providence tomorrow. You know, stay safe. Uh, you know, shovel, wear your boots, you know, stay inside. Make sure you have enough food, shelter, warmth, all that good stuff. Um, drive safely to the game if you're driving. Get home safely on the way back. Um, but yeah, you know, the refs arrived early for tomorrow night's game. St. John's arrived early. And, um, you know, the, the game is on and, and the game's going to be played. So let's preview this. You know, I waited a little bit to, rec- to record tonight. I wanted to make sure the game was on and that it was still going to be played. And it is. So let's, let's uh, dive in and jump into the preview here. All right. You know, plain and simple, this is a must-win game. You know, coming off the Butler loss on the road, this is a must-win game, and the Providence Friars got to go 2-0 this week. And I, I firmly believe and I'm very confident that that is going to happen this week. You have St. John's, who was a beatable team, a team you could have beaten the first matchup, only lost by two in the first matchup, 75-73. And that was away at St. John's. And, you know, you only scored 29 points in the first half. You scored 44 in the second half. You could have won the game. You shot the ball better. But it's a must-win game, plain and simple. You cannot drop this game at home. If you drop this game at home, there are serious questions. There are serious questions, man. There are serious questions about this team if you drop this game at home. You could not drop this game at home. You need to win this game, whatever it takes. And it looks like Adoro's going to be back. And, you know, Corey Floyd Jr. the confidence is back, coming off the career game. You know, you, you need to win this game. This is a must-win game. The Providence Friars got to go 2-0 this week. You got DePaul on Saturday night. I think, you know, that's going to be a win. I'm not worried about that game at all. You know, I'm not trying to drink it there, but I'm not worried about it at all. And you got to get them win this game, and you got to go 2-0. You could have won the first game at St. John's on the road. But, you know, obviously we didn't. But, you know, it's a must-win game. You got to go 2-0 this week. Rick Pitino, obviously, returning to PC after, uh, you know, being head coach of the Friars for two years. Um you know, he only spent two years, but, you know, he reached, you know, he helped us reach the, you know, he coached the team to the our school's second Final Four in 1987. You know, a little history lesson, in fact, for you guys listening, in case anyone didn't know that. 
you know, Rick Pitino's a Hall of Fame head coach. He's one of the greatest Hall of hey, head coaches in college basketball history. And, you know, he's, he's part of Providence Friars men's basketball history forever with his two-year tenure, um, you know, reaching the Final Four in uh, 1987. You know, our leader, you know, it's pretty awesome. And he, he's still doing it. He's still coaching. Um, but, you know, Rick Pitino returns to Providence. Interesting storyline. You know, we'll see what, you know, ovation he gets uh, tomorrow night. That should be fun, you know, be be interesting and, and cool to hear the comments he, he has about Providence, PC, the program, et cetera, at the, uh, at the press conference tomorrow. Um, that'll be interesting to hear. But, you know, Pitino returns to Providence after leading the team to the Final Four. You know, that that'll be cool. It'll be it'll be cool to see. You know, it'll be cool to see one of the greatest college men's basketball coaches in, in history and a coach that's a part of Friars men's basketball history forever, uh be on the sidelines for the Johnnies tomorrow night. But uh let's jump let's jump into the keys to the game. Um, you know, uh, at this point we're gonna go over an hour, but that's okay. Alright, my first key to the game, you gotta shoot the shoot the ball better. Province only had twenty nine points in the first half compared to St. John's forty. You know, Providence only shot 44.3% from the field in the first matchup. You know, St. John's shot 48%. Providence shot 34.8% from three. St. John's shot 38.9%. And then from the free throw line, Providence was 11 of 21. And the Johnnies were 16 to 25. And, you know, I know this is... um, I know it's cliche, but, you know, the reason we lost against St. John's in the first matchup is because we just didn't shoot the ball as well as they did. I mean, I remember I was watching the game, and, you know, they were shooting the the lights out of the ball, and we just couldn't match them. And, you know, that explains why, you know, we only scored 29 points in the first half, and we were down 11 at half. You know, I mean, it's just that shooting disparity that took place, and, you know, we did outscore them 44-35 in the second half, but... You know, if you play, if you shoot the ball better in the first half, and you're not as down as much as eleven in the first half, yeah, you probably win that game. That's why you know this Providence team has got to find a way to start hot, and you got to start fast. And you know, if you're not down eleven, and you know maybe down anywhere from one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever it may be, you probably win that game because you outscored them forty-four, thirty-five in the second half, and you only lost by two. And, you know, we had a chance and attempt to win it with that Pierre three. But, you know, I think he, he looked like he was going right. I think he hesitated and moved back to the middle, chucked up an air ball, and, and that was all she wrote. But, you know, plain and simple, you got to shoot the ball better. Um, you know, Corey Floyd Jr. coming off a career game, shot the lights out of the ball last game versus Butler. D.C. is going to be D.C. You're going to have Odoro back. I feel pretty good about that. You just got to start, start hot, start fast, and shoot the ball better. Um, my second key to the game, uh, Jane Pierre needs to win the point guard matchup. You know, I think this was this was Pierre's best game of conference play so far. Uh, the first matchup, that is. Um, you know, he scored 17 points. He was 3 of 6 from 3, 7 of 15 from the field, and that's really his game. It's driving and slashing to the rim or it's a three-point ball. And I think, you know, if we're going to win this game, we need – Pierre to have another performance like that. We need him to win that point guard battle. And, you know, I'm, I'm confident in that. I'm confident in that. Um, yeah, my third key of the game, um, Adoro can outplay Soriano. You know, like we said at the top of the show, you know, completely outplayed Cockrunner. I think he can outplay Soriano if that's the case. If he can outplay Soriano, I mean, outplay uh, Cockbrenner, excuse me, you know, he can outplay Soriano too. So, you know, Adoro's got a little bit of rest going into this game, obviously. Um, and if he, if he outplayed Kalkbrenner, if he can outplay Kalkbrenner, he can outplay Soriano too. So we're going to need Odoro to do his thing as well against Soriano. I feel much better about this matchup compared to Kalkbrenner. So we need Odoro to keep doing his thing. All right, we have reached the, uh, hour limit here. This is the second, uh, segment of the show. Uh, I'm just going to wrap up these keys to the game and then, uh, we'll, we'll call it a night. We'll call it a show. Thought we were, it was going to be 30 to 45 minutes. It, it's going to go over an hour, but that's that's completely fine. That's completely okay. But, you know, Oduro, if he can outplay Kalkbrenner, he can certainly outplay Soriano, and I feel much better about that matchup. Key to the game number four, stick with the hot end and Corey Floyd Jr. Um, he's coming off a career game, best game of his career. 
stick with the hot hand. If I'm Kim English and you know going into this game that you got to shoot the ball better than St. John's, you play Corey Floyd Jr. over Rich Barron, and you make that decision 10, 10 times out of 10 times in uh, seven days of the week. So if I'm Coach English, if I'm Kim, I'm starting Corey Floyd Jr. over Rich Barron. I'm having no regrets. Stick with your hot hand. Stick to your guns. You know that you definitively have to shoot the ball better than St. John's tomorrow night in order to win. That's what prevented you and held you back in the first game. You know, it was an 11-point hole at the half, and you came back and won uh, You know, oh, nearly came back and won it. But, you know, I'm sticking with the hot end, Corey Floyd Jr. I'm giving him the start tomorrow night. And the last key is that we need we simply just need to have more players in double figures. You know, in this first matchup, very much, you know, it's very much like the Butler game. Uh, a few days ago, St. John's had three players in double figures, you know, nearly four with uh, Dunlap with nine points, and you know, I mean, nearly, I mean, nearly five. Uh, Dingle had nine as well. Um, but you know, you need to have more players in double figures, and for that, I'm looking to Oduro for sure, Pierre, Corey Floyd Jr., and Devin Carter. And it would be nice if you know Ticket can hit a few like three corner threes and. You know, maybe even four, and that's 12 points. Maybe have all starting five and double figures. I mean, you know, this is, arguably this has been the best I've felt about the starting five all season, you know, because you know what Odoro is going to bring. You know what Carter is going to bring. Corey Floyd Jr. is coming off his best game in a career game. Pierre was great in the first game against St. John's. And, you know, as long as you have, you know, f- you know four ticket threes and or maybe, you know, two to three ticket threes and a few shots from the line, you know, that's five players in double figures in your starting lineup. And I think if we can have four to five starters in double figures, I think we'll win the game. So, yeah, I mean, those are my keys to the game. You need to shoot the ball better than St. John's. you got to be more effective, more efficient from the field. Pierre needs to win the point guard matchup like he did in the first game. Aduro can outplay Soriano. He did it with Kalkbrenner. He can do it with Soriano. I feel much better about that matchup. He's coming back, a little bit of rest. Newly born child. Stick with the hot end in Corey Floyd Jr. Career game, legacy game, last game. Start him. Have no regrets. Have no doubts. Play him over Rich Barron. That's what I would do. And you just got to have more players in double figures. I think the formula is really simple. I mean, just stick to your defensive identity. You know your defense is going to bring it. The defense has been way more consistent than the offense this season. You know what your defense is going to give you. You know what it's going to bring. All you got to do to shoot the ball better, more effectively, efficiently than St. John's, have more players in double figures. You know what you're getting from Carter and Oduro. Corey Floyd Jr. coming off the best best game of his college career. Ticket, if he can bury some threes, that help out a lot. Pierre won the point guard matchup in the first battle. You know, I feel good about this matchup. I do. You know, as long as we start somewhat fast and we're leading at halftime, I, I feel good about our chances. You can't go down 11 at half like in the first matchup. You won the second half, 44-35. You lost by two. Had a shot to win it, but Pierre hesitated, went towards the middle, airballed at the, at, at the end. And, you know, I think Butler's a better team than St. John's. I think Creighton's a better team than St. John's. You know, you're at home. Like Dev mentioned, talk about on this show, you know, the home court continues to serve as a saving grace for this team. I am expecting a Friars win, and I expect us to walk out with a W. Let's go 2-0 this week. Let's win versus St. John's. Let's win against DePaul. And, you know, let's 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 climb higher in those Big East standings. Um, score prediction, Friar Factor. Um, Friar Factor. I'm going to go Ticket. I'm going to go Ticket. Um, you know what Adoro is going to bring. You know what Pierre is going to bring. You know, he played well in the last matchup. Corey Floyd Jr., great game last game. You know what Carter's going to bring. I'm going to go Ticket. You know, if he can get anywhere 12 to 15 points, I'd be very happy. Um, you know, I think Barron's going to see less minutes. Slim's definitely going to see less minutes. Garway, I can't trust him, fully trust him, still can't fully trust him. So I'm going to go ticket, score anywhere from 12 to 15 points, cash a few three-point balls, get to the line, bury your free throws. I'm going to go ticket games with my Friar Factor. And I'm going to – let's think of a nice score prediction here, shall we? And then we'll end the show. Um – Let's see, 75-73 in the first matchup. Hmm. I'm going to go 79-71. Actually, uh, let's go. Um, 
You know what? No, I'm actually not going to do that. 72, 87, 50. Um, you, know, you know, I think this is going to be a similar game to the first matchup against St. John's. Yeah, I'm going to go... Seventy-seven. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go seventy-seven to seventy, or, or it's gonna be anywhere from like seventy-five to eighty for the Friars. It'll be anywhere from like seventy to seventy-five for the St. John's. Gun to my head, I say. 79 Friars. Card uh, Ticket Gains is my Friar Factor. And uh, that's a show. That's an episode. Uh, Rich and I, I'm going to try to have us back some point this week after this game. And we'll, uh, we can preview to Paul. We can recap this game, preview to Paul. That week we only have you know two games in that episode. But that's an episode. That's a show. Look out for another episode this week before the DePaul game Saturday night. Also at the Amp. Let's go 2-0 this week. Let's start off this week strong against St. John's. Go 1-0. Beat DePaul on Saturday. Go 2-0. You know, have an undefeated week. And, uh, yeah, I mean, let's go Friars. That's an episode. Let's do it. Let's go Friars, baby.